welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, Henry. I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, I'm ready to talk some comics with y'all. Excellent. I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you doing? I, I'm doing well, Henry. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's a good day in the Bay Area. Um, finally got rain for what feels like in forever. This is true, absolutely. We are also joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, how are you doing? What's up, gentlemen? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Happily in the red tier. <laughs> That's right. We're in the red tier. Down from purple, right? Yep. Finally. Things are, are looking up. We're on the upswing. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, so today is March 11th, 2021. And the Division show has completed season one. And we're going to talk about it quite a bit. Uh, we just finished uh, the season last week. So it should be pretty fresh in all our minds. A lot of people have been talking about this show. Uh, so we're going to continue the conversation here and share our thoughts. Uh, at this point, I'll hand it off to Perferio. You want to lead the way here? Yeah. So... Yeah, one division. There's a lot to talk about. I think just a heads up, we're gonna really just dive right nose deep into it. So spoiler alert if you have not checked into it. Yep, yep. So um yeah, there's a lot to to talk about, but I guess like for you guys, um you know, we we did like an episode, I think, like, yeah, I think a first episode about, like, whether or not a shows that we were looking forward to and stuff. WandaVision was my show that I was looking really forward to. Um, but for you guys, like, did WandaVision, like, meet your, like, expectation? Or are you just kind of, like, eh, about the show? I could start here. Um I, I had zero expectation considering how long it's been since we've had like some Marvel content, like MCU mm -hmm. Marvel content come out. So I had zero expectation hanging on the, the reins of Endgame. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't come in with huge expectations. Um, and uh I, I, what I really love about it is that it, it came in really differently. Like uh, I think it came in so differently that they had to air two episodes because they needed people to hang in there. <laughs> I think there was quite a bit of criticism um, with the first few episodes because I don't think one, I don't think a lot of people knew what the hell was going on. Uh, and it was so different from what we've seen from the MCU. Um, I think they needed to tell everybody like, look, we got some good stuff coming. Just hang in there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think like early talks of the show like just because it started off with like the 50s decades and calm like i love lucy bewitch um uh lookalikes like people were just like confused and like being like what's going on like this is not like our usual 
blockbuster explosions kind of Marvel take and yeah like like you said I think people actually just have to like be patient and um, wait for like the show to just roll out to see where we're going to be shown um, it, it is very telling of, of fans um, those that were quick to criticize the first two episodes and not let the story unfold you know mm-hmm. um, it's like hey don't judge a book by its cover let the story tell itself hang in there yeah, that's a good point because with the MCU, we're also used to movies, right? We're used to getting pretty immediate gratification, right? So with a more of a slow burn like this show, I, I can I can kind of understand some fans getting a little antsy, a little frustrated, right? Um, but yeah, I like what you mentioned, Rainier. This is very different. I think to me, ultimately a pretty satisfying season because it was so different. You know, it's really unlike anything we've seen before. And for that alone, it was very refreshing. You know, it was, you know, hard to predict what you were going to get each week. And just that feeling of having no idea what's coming at you was pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, ultimately I think it was pretty satisfying. Um, I didn't have, huge expectations i know perfurio um this was like your most anticipated show of the year right so for me i didn't quite have that high of expectations so yeah i would say uh uh you know my expectations were met yeah i was satisfied in the end what about you christian i would definitely say my expectations were met as well like i think um going into it um I wasn't 100% sure what to expect because the trailer was just like, it didn't really give much away. It was so weird. And um, like like you guys have said, this is such a departure from just normal, from your usual Marvel formula. And so um, I guess has anyone said spoiler, spoilers yet? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're clear. Oh, yeah. So I guess just, just throwing this quick, you know, it's cool, like, the way the show kind of uses a bunch, like, kind of pulls ideas from all these different, say, TV shows, different movies. Like, watching it, I felt, oh, this is kind of like this movie, like The Truman Show, or um, what was the other one? Pleasantville. Or, like, kind of like even, like, a Rick and Morty episode, and how the, there are all these different kind of, like, meta ideas and meta commentary. And, like, each episode, of course, ends with, like, this big cliffhanger so you always end with this big question of what's going to happen next week. And it was a lot of fun just like kind of like you had all the ideas. If you were into it, all the fan theories that happened week to week to week that got just like progressively and progressively just stranger. And how there was this kind of just big hype train going into it. So it was a lot of fun to see again. Like, like it's just cool to see the MCU back in action like after you know, Spider Man, Spider Man Far From Home. So overall, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, I think like that's something I, I want to start with. Like I think that you know people were expecting like you know just just something to be like very straightforward, but like we the way we were shown the show, it was just kind of like this like 
decades by decades kind of um, different sitcoms and everything. And, uh, what, uh, you know, like, like we all said, it's different. Um, and a lot of fans, yeah, were just kind of like, what's going to happen? Like, this is not Marvel and stuff. So I think, I don't think it was until like episode four where we actually got real answers to our questions that we had to all these episodes prior. But um, what do you, what do you guys think of like the format and everything about like the writing and um, the slow, I guess, like introduction to like characters of like, you know, like Monica, um, Rambo and Darcy and Agent Wu. Um, what do you guys think about that? You know how I was saying earlier that fans were getting antsy and frustrated because of the slow start. I was one of those fans. <laughs> I was getting pretty pissed off, to be honest. Like, uh, wow, pissed off. Well, maybe that's a little, little harsh, a little extreme. Annoyed. You're annoyed. I, annoyed. I was annoyed. annoyed. Yeah, that's that's maybe a better way to say it. Like, yeah, after three episodes, I was like, "Are is this really going to be the show? Like, it's just going to be one of these like." Uh, one like classic TV show parodies after another, and like, and you know, or what? Uh, That's interesting. I think yeah. I feel like that reaction really goes to show how Marvel does really have a formula. Like, there's something that they put in the secret sauce that makes us want to like bite more of it, right? And this time around, they didn't give us that same formula. That's interesting. They, yeah, they did not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was even like mindful of it. Like I was like, okay, this is different, you, you know, just be patient. And, and I just couldn't help but feel like, okay, give me some payoff, man. And I just wasn't getting it. So yeah, early on, I was pretty frustrated. Um, like I said, ultimately, I think there's some good payoffs and, and I was satisfied. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was slow. The beginning was definitely slow. So, you know, you asked about format, preferably. I felt the format was maybe a little bit uh, too slow in the beginning a bit. The thing about fan theories is really interesting. Um, Preferio and Christian, you guys mentioned that. Like, I feel like fan theories is, is such an interesting balance of it's fun to be in the conversation, but then at some point the fan theories are going to become so outrageous that when the real thing actually comes out, people are setting themselves up to be let down by it. <laughs> that happened with like Game of Thrones and dexter and whatever you know long form series you, anyone has watched that has been disappointed with like a, a really bad payout yeah, yeah it's so funny it's so funny you said it like um the creator of the show um matt Sheckman, he did like an interview and he talked about like how the missing aerospace engineer who I don't think we ever did get the identity of. No. Like, that became, like, a major, like, fan theory. Like, oh, that's Mr. Fantastic. Oh, that's <laughs> Tony Stark or whatever. And, like, so many fan people had um, just, like, theories of who it could be and everything. Like, it was going to be a critical point in the show. But he said in this interview that it was never meant to start this major conversation and it just like he, he just kind of said like you know like where were you guys in the writing room like this could have been perfect like 
like this could have been an awesome kind of thing, but he just never um, envisioned that something like so small like that would have this huge um, conversation about like who who his identity was and whether or not that was going to be like a major plot point within the show. Yeah, that that's yet another big problem with social media. All these damn fan theories, right? I mean, there's so many of them with this show. And I think I know why, because fans are just going to throw it out there, right? Um, and if, if, they're, if they're wrong, there's no real consequence. But if they're right, they can brag about it later, right? So, of course, like tons of fans are going to just throw, up, throw out all these crazy ideas. And, you know, like I said, if you happen to be a fan who, who hit the nail on the head, you can have some serious bragging, bragging rights, right? But then what happens is there's this major disappointment, right? Because there's all these fan theories. And at the end of the season, you know, just a handful of them came true, right? So there's this built-in disappointment, right? It's like, oh, I thought there were going to be mutants on this show, you know, and all kinds of bullshit, right? So it's just annoying. I guess it's just the way things are. I mean, you can't really help it on social media these days. Um, but it is uh, kind of annoying, I suppose. The fan theories also gets like people talking too, right? And if people talking about it, then it's popular. I, I also wonder, do people on the inside have a hand of throwing things out there for people to talk about to kind of throw them Ooh. off of what their original intention is too? So <laughs> you never know. You never know. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Christian. I was to say, they actually did do something like that at uh, one point in the show. So I forget who said it, but somebody said that this was, there was going to be a Luke Skywalker-level cameo. Oh, it was uh, Scarlett uh, Scar Johansson. Elizabeth Olsen, she said that. And oh. so while there were some drops here and there, um, like Luke Skywalker, the main character of Star Wars... That would have been who would have been the equivalent of Luke Skywalker? Would that be Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah, like probably Tony Stark or Steve Rogers, right? For me, I think like the well before I I, I answer that, um, it was so funny because I think towards like the end of the series, like I think around like when Episode Eight aired, um, uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Vision, Paul Bettany. Like, he basically said, like, he had, like, teased a big cameo also, like, throughout the season. And then when he just said, like, oh, it's me. Like, you know, him playing Vision, the white Vision. (laughs) And then fans were kind of just like, that's not big. And so he was just kind (laughs) of like, he just felt like, uh, oh, man, like, I really hyped myself up for for that. Um, Who was Elizabeth Olsen referring to? In her comment, I think it was Quicksilver. Oh, so she kind of spoiled that then, in a way, or she she set up an expectation for it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh That's not cool. I I I was totally blown away. I don't remember who I saw that that episode with, um, Christian or Henry. I don't remember you tune in when I watched it with you guys, but that Quicksilver cameo was. I was like crying because i was just like oh my gosh this is freaking amazing that like you know that it's quicksilver but it's not um aaron from 
you know, Age of Ultron Quicksilver. Yeah. It's Evan Peters from the X-Men universe Quicksilver. I was like, I was thinking, like, so does that mean the X-Men universe is connected? And I had, like, all these, like, theories and, like, um, like thoughts going racing through my head towards the end of the episode. Um, but I, it was it was cool. I, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, that, that was legit awesome. I totally geeked out on that moment too, for sure. Like it was it was a brilliant move, no question. Love it. It was like the cooler Quicksilver too. Like that that's the sentiment, right? Like the MCU is is a lot cooler than the, the Fox X-Men movies, but the one thing that that Fox had over Marvel Studios at the time was the Quicksilver casting, right? Like the Fox Quicksilver was totally cooler and they got to use him here. It's so awesome. Love it. Uh, yeah, what, what about you guys, Renee or Christian? What do you think of that, that uh, appearance of Evan Peters' Quicksilver? Um, just the appearance or do you guys want to talk about how, like, I guess the, you know, that Quicksilver panned out in um, the final episode? I, I think first, just like your initial thoughts like on the appearance it, it definitely was like a jaw-dropping moment and definitely one of those moments in the show that just like your brain kind of runs wild with fan theories yourself because mm-hmm. you think about it and you think oh are they actually bringing in like the multiverse here are they doing you know x y and z going forward where they're gonna bring in this character and this character and maybe this guy's gonna show up too like and it is kind of like a big like what the fuck moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My initial reaction was exactly what Kat Dennings' character said the moment you see, you know, um, OG Pietro's face, where she's like, "Oh my god, they recast Pietro." <laughs> I had that same feeling, like, "Whoa, did they just recast him?" And that was my initial thought. Yeah, super meta, right? Like a show's character is voicing your own thoughts. It's so cool. It's a great moment. Yeah. Um, and I think like something that was also just really well done in like the early episodes was like the writing, how there was just a lot of great Easter eggs. Like like if you look at like the commercials, you know, like you saw like in the first episode there was like the whole like Stark Toaster. And then you hear like the light go ding, ding, ding. And like, I don't know. I felt like if you're, if you've already like invested so much with the rest of the MCU, you kind of know that that's like a little like um, reference point to Age of Ultron when like Wanda and Pietro were like waiting for that bomb to go out. I just thought like there was a lot of Easter eggs that were used throughout the, the series that were, not necessarily like fan service, but just cool like nods to like that, you know, true diehard MCU fans would understand and catch. Um, yeah, what do you what do you guys see or think about that? Yeah, it was cool. Like just the fact that they mentioned Ultron by name. Uh, they acknowledged the existence of. Wanda's brother like after Age of Ultron 
you know, it's, it's, it was almost as if Pietro never existed, right? You never heard of this guy. Like, Wanda didn't mention him in Civil War or in Infinity War or Endgame. Like, um, it's almost like, what happened? And they actually, like, mentioned them. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, he was a big part of our life. And, um, and uh, uh, personally, I always felt like, they didn't quite get Ultron right in in Age of Ultron, and I love Ultron in the comics, uh, so I think it's just cool that they mentioned him. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, especially earlier on, I was sort of grasping at things to like latch onto. Like, like I said, like with this class, classic sitcom format, I was a little bewildered, and I was just looking for like MCU references. And when they started to kind of trickle in. Yeah, I was getting pretty excited, for sure. I like to think of the um, a lot of the, the references that happened, such as, like, Hydra Watch, or, like, the little commercials that would show up, or a lot of, like, little, like, nuances and things. Anything that happened, I guess, within the hex itself was, while it can be fan service to us, I think it was being broadcasted out in-universe and people were watching it. So a lot of these were just, um, I like how it's like just memories that Wanda may have or just like little fragments of memories or just like uh, something maybe more subconscious than that that was just kind of being broadcast out with this show um, yeah. that like other people were watching. So I think it's cool that there's something that kind of works on both those levels that right there because it also could be a red herring for us or just fan service for us to like think of like where's this mystery gonna go next definitely you know one of the things i thought they did really well so like i know everyone had a really big reaction to um uh to pietro showing up but actually i i i think the moment that was more jaw-dropping for me was when the hospital scene where you start to see people that are starting to return from dust, like coming yeah. back into existence. Cause yes. they've never showed that uh, in Endgame, And here we actually get to see it happening. Like I wouldn't say real time, but like you're, you're seeing everyone's reaction as they're returning. I thought that was a really unique perspective. Um, and I thought it was cool that they tied in uh, Monica Rambeau. Like, Oh, she's a little girl from Captain Marvel. Well, that's cool. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think like the closest thing we saw to that was like you know, Far From Home, where they kind of explain it in the beginning, mm -hmm. but they just explain it like you said, Rainier. Like, we never actually got to see it like actually played out like like the effects of um, everybody coming back. And yeah. I think like everybody's like um, reaction and like mentally, like it was just like a major shock and nobody knew how to like react to it, especially like some, somewhere like a hospital, you know, it would have been, I feel like a different story if it was like, you know, like, I don't know, like out in like a park or something, but the fact that it, it was at a hospital, everybody's just like scrambling to be like, Oh my gosh. Like, like everybody's like all these people are coming back and stuff. So um, it, yeah, it is it, was, it is interesting like the point in time when everyone returns because like then it, it shows you that everyone came back from the last moment they remember from when they left so then it makes me think back to endgame 
how how carefully coordinated everyone got their act together to be able to come back and defeat Thanos. Like, um, I'm curious how that timeline played out. Yeah, if you think about it, it's kind of unrealistic that they were able to coordinate and to arrive at the battlefield at exactly the same time all at once. Because I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, five years later, like, you know, Spider-Man saying bye to Tony, and then like 15 minutes later, he's ready to fight Thanos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the, the closest thing that, that would come out of that is like when like in Endgame when Scarlet Witch um, confronts Thanos. Because for her, like when Thanos kills Vision, it was just like probably like five or ten minutes ago, you know? So she still has all that anger and um, mixed feelings, you know? And then she just like comes back and she's like, fuck you. Like, I'm going to take you on, you know? Mm-hmm. There was a cool <laughs> little referencing to that moment in WandaVision, right? I think someone mentioned how she could have beat Thanos and almost did. And then I think uh, Jamie Wu mentioned something about Captain Marvel almost beating him also. But yeah, I love stuff like that, like little references. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did Wanda get dusted in? Infinity she did, War? yeah. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, like, um, WandaVision, like, takes place, like, I think, I forget, we said it, I forget, I think it was, like, two or three weeks after the events of Endgame. So, it's still very fresh. Like, everything, like, Wanda's feelings about being, like, um, losing vision and then how fast sword gets a hold of vision's body like everything's still pretty fresh even for us it's been like uh, it's only been uh, like two years um the events of one division take place like very fresh after the events of endgame and i'm pretty sure that means like it happened prior to far from home so yeah like everything's just so carefully coordinated you know? Yeah, I like the freshness of it because it fits the character, right? Like, it makes sense that Wanda would go kind of nuts, right? Because she just lost Vision, like, not long ago, right? So the fact that she's going through this tremendous, like, PTSD sort of thing, it makes sense. It it fits. It really, it really fits. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I think, like, Wanda's a character I want to talk more about later, but um, other characters are introduced to the show, like Agent Wu and Darcy. Um, I think it was cool seeing them, seeing more of them, because, I mean, like, Darcy, you always see her as, like, a supporting character. as like, that comedic character. But here, she kind of plays, like, a major role with S.W.O.R.D., you know? Like, she was the one who kind of figured out, like, what... Wanda's game is and then Agent Wu he was always like also like another laughable side character in Ant-Man the Wasp but here he's like in like leading like this little army and everything so I think it's cool that we get to like past MCU characters kind of like redeem themselves so, so to say you know 
think I saw a push online for a lot of people saying, hey, Agent Wu and, and Darcy should get their own show and model it like after the X-Files, but in the MCU universe. Yeah. I, I would watch that. That would be, that that. Would be super cool. Totally. That sounds like fun. But yeah, I love stuff like this because it really does fit with the comics. Like Marvel Comics does this a lot where there might be a side character you haven't seen in a while in a while and they just pop up here and there in the right situation. Like uh, the Darcy character, we haven't seen her since Thor the Dark World, I think. She wasn't even in Ragnarok, right? So we haven't seen her for like a long time. But, you know, in this circumstance, it makes sense. She brings some comedic relief to the show and her character has the skills that it makes sense that she would be called upon in this situation, right? So, so very cool. I'm waiting to see uh, where Luis is going to pop up somewhere in Disney Plus. Oh yeah, <laughs> from Ant Man. Got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> I'm still waiting yeah. for his retelling of Endgame. I know, dude. Yeah, they they should totally do that. I would pay good money to to hear that. Maybe in the next Ant Man, we'll get that finally. Oh. <laughs> Um, but another character that I think just like took off by storm was Agatha, you know, like her yeah. theme song went to, it was number one on the iTunes chart. And, um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, a lot of people predicted very early on that, that the character was Agatha, but like when it was finally revealed and her theme song came on, like you saw that, like she had a major role within the show um yeah what do you guys think of her of agatha i liked her i thought she was all right um i do think she shows up just a little like kind of too late in the show um because mm-hmm. i guess like you say you, you hear like the show it's agatha all along and I guess when it, when the big reveal comes in towards the end, that in a sense it was just Wanda all along. And so Agatha was kind of like, so Agatha almost seemed more like a wild card type character rather than like like the true villain of the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, or I guess of, you know, of the entirety of WandaVision so far. And so, like, she just wants, she's just there just to try to harness Wanda's power. And to kind of like just kind of bring it out of her in a sense. Yeah. But she's always kind of like in the background. Like she she's like kind of used as a comic relief character for like the first few episodes until it's like finally revealed who she is and like what she's after. Um, so I thought uh, that I guess that's, a, that's kind of a I guess a little gripe with Agatha is that like at the end I wasn't like exactly sure where they were going with her. Um. But what I did think was actually like a really cool. I think something they continue was the idea of like witches' covens, because in like the very last episode, she has something like the Book of the Damned, and how you see in the episode before, there's like this old witches' coven, and we've seen magic in the MCU already through like Doctor Strange. But I think it'd be cool to you know bring some more. I don't know. They seem to tease that idea of bringing more magic back in, especially during Phase Four. So I think that'd be that'd be cool to see. I think, I think magic is a dangerous game in MCU because then there's always the thought of like, 
well, if you could do that there, why didn't that person do that here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think even like, um, what's his name? Billy kind of says that, you know, he was like, you brought, um, dad back to life. You brought the brother back to life. Why can't you bring our dog back to life? You know? And yeah, like one just, just like, I can't do that. Like I can't, um, do that. So it's just, yeah, like, would you say, Rainier, it's, like, magic, I guess, is, like, a really hard concept to actually execute because it just, like, makes you question, like, everything. Like, well, you know, this happened here. Why can't it it happen over here also, you know? I feel like it kind of relates to, like, the Superman syndrome in Justice League. Like, Superman can really save the day in every situation. <laughs> so the way they solve for that is they power him down a little bit so that every every one of the Justice League can have their time to shine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious for for the young guys on this call. <laughs> did you guys did you guys get all the sitcom references? <laughs> like, did you know where they came from? Yeah, kind of. Kind. I mean, I I I, I kind of guess the shows, but like, I don't know if there was like inside jokes or not. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's usually like, oh hey, I remember that from Nick at Night at like. You know, like eleven or twelve at night. Like, oh yeah, that's that one show that would come on that I would see. Like, you know, oh hey, I remember that one. And then once it got, and you know, and then once it got a little more forward, it was will be, oh yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. That's this. <laughs> I think my Malcolm in the Middle moment was, um, I want to say, the Brady Bunch one. Was that the third episode? <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I think that was the third one. Yeah. Like the I Love Lucy era. I remember seeing those in, yeah, I remember seeing those as a kid. Yeah, yeah. The, all the homages were pretty interesting. Like this show really committed to these homages, like big time, like kind of like what I was saying earlier, maybe too much, <laughs> committing too much time and effort into them. But they committed, man. They went for full authenticity. Like the aspect ratio was authentic. Yeah. The look of the shows, totally spot on. Like they nailed it. And um, like I said, maybe too much so because like it, it, to me, it, was, it felt like watching one of those old shows, like a little bit boring and dated. Um, but I, you got to give it up. Like I, I would imagine like fans of classic TV would get a, big kick out of some of these episodes right yeah I, I feel like it hit a lot of like nostalgia um on many levels like nostalgia from old sitcoms and nostalgia mm-hmm. from seeing past mcu characters yeah <laughs> so it kind of hits yeah. all those heads mm-hmm. um and then yeah like you you get towards like you know like the more towards the end of the show like when i like the final two episodes to me feel like actual MCU kind of films because you know you like I think episode eight you go into like Wanda's past and it kind of kind of connects like it like shows a movie that never happened like when it shows talks about like Wanda's um like origin story of her and her parents in Age of Ultron and then why she took part of um Stryker's um experiments in civil or in winter soldier 
and um and why she was reliving like old sitcoms because that's what she watched with her family i thought that tied it together really nicely yeah 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 i, th- I felt like those two episodes and, and it was a total departure from like the beginning like i feel like this was like the major payoff you know the last two episodes um it totally felt like mcu content you know like what do, what do you guys think did the was it like the payoff like did it, did it pay off or was it kind of like too late like it should have been been rushed a, a little sooner I like that Paul Bettany was able to stretch his character out more. I feel like he didn't get a whole lot of time to shine in like Age of Ultron and everywhere else he was in. Um, So it was cool to see his character grow alongside Wanda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the character development in this show is really great. It's the character development that we didn't get from the movies, right? We got to see Wanda and Vision really you know fleshed out and that was really cool to see um but to answer your question specifically perfirio i felt maybe that last episode was a little disappointing you know um yes they were going for like the big mcu movie payoff you know finally you get the big battle right but i thought the 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 battle at the end was i don't know a little lackluster you know i i didn't really get a whole lot out of it i thought it was kind of boring actually uh so i i felt like the action could have been done better at the end like we were waiting i, I certainly was waiting for like an action moment and i wasn't getting it right like episodes one through eight there pretty much was no action um there's some teasing of action here and there but we really didn't get the uh the action stuff till the very end and i thought it was was kind of lukewarm it was okay i like the fighting between the visions <laughs> that, was <cool. laughs> that was very much an mcu style <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was cool just to see it but i i just felt like i don't know um just overall like that, that last episode the action could have been done a little better mm-hmm. yeah I, I i agree with you there henry um i do think yeah it was a little lackluster in a couple parts of the finale. Uh, although I, I think there's one part of the battle that really stuck out of, out to me. Um, it's when the two visions are fighting. And, um, you know, the, uh, the I want to call him Bad Vision, but I know that's not right. Uh, I've heard a joke that he's DLC skin pack Vision. Because he's he's it's like a he's it's a skin swap from a video game, <laughs> or like when the second player plays the same character in a fighting game. Anyways, so th- they're fighting, and uh, I just want to call him Bad Vision. Bad Vision says like my directive is to kill the Vision, and Vision says, "Well, I'm not the Vision," and like he beats Vision by like by like with like a like a metaphor essentially saying that they're both not really the vision and that the real vision is dead so you can't kill me and then like downloads his information into into the other vision's memory so I th- like yeah i thought i thought that was a cool little moment in the finale that stuck out to me it, it was so funny cuz i i didn't realize this until like uh probably like the next day or something i think i sent the article to you how uh, that totally were it was totally reminding me of like Blade Runner how like what makes a human you know what makes vision like oh, is yeah. it the memories or is it um 
like the the attraction to Wanda like what who is Vision like can he be replicated mm-hmm. since Vision is basically like a robot a a AI robot with memories that can be I guess like programmed like can he be like just replicated mm-hmm. you know oh yeah that's interesting because then in like remember in like an earlier episode I think it might have just been the episode before you see Wanda talking to the uh um that director at sword um like the guy nobody like the asshole that no one liked i forget his name but um and she says i'm vision's next of you know kin give me the body so it can be buried because she sees him as a person yeah but you know um the sword guy is like no vision is a machine and he's coming back to us so we can dissect him because because Vision's not really a person, and like he is, he is our literal property. Mm-hmm. You guys think we're going to see more of uh, Monica Rambeau's character? Yeah, I think so. for sure. No question. I mean, Captain Marvel two or in, uh, in that Nick Fury show. Yeah, because it seems like yeah. she's going to space with the scrolls. So I have a feeling that that could be the beginning of the plot of like Captain Marvel two if they wanted to go there. Hey, so you're so the scroll that she meets with at the end in that theater, is is she, okay. I my first impression was that she was the scroll kid that was on the ship, um, at the end of Captain Marvel. Remember when they were all at the house? Oh yeah, that was her. Was that supposed to be her? I don't know. That's a good theory, but I don't know. That's a good theory. theory. It Oh, more fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> there Another one spreading. to add to the list. <laughs> one bites <Yeah>. the dust. <laughs> um, but it's so funny, Henry, that how you talked about like the ending towards the MCU because in the same interview that the creator talked about that there were the initial plan for WandaVision was actually they were going to create 10 episodes for the show. Mm-hmm. But then when the pandemic happened, they had to like cut it down to nine episodes and rush everything. So that's why like, you know, like the CGI is off and everything. And Monica was supposed to have a larger role towards the end. So um, he said like by towards the end of the production, um, it, it just kind of felt, he, he said that it just kind of felt rushed because they were just kind of like, they kind of just decided like, let's just make this nine episodes instead of our initial 10 episodes. Oh, you know what I think they're gonna do? I think they're gonna they're gonna hold on to the footage they shot and they're gonna turn it into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> milk, milk more out of us. Yeah, they'll do the Snyder cut treatment, right? Right, <laughs> four hour movie or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Here's your... I yeah, one of the biggest. Go ahead. So I guess going off of that, do you guys think that they're gonna continue WandaVision? Because it said series finale in the last episode. So you'd think this would be a miniseries. Don't you have quite a few questions at the end? I mean, like, I, feel like, I feel like that's every Marvel movie. You always have questions at the end, and then they kind of like answer them in another Marvel movie that makes you want to <laughs> yeah. watch, watch I think it. I think these series are just holding us down until everyone can get back into a theater. <laughs> <laughs> It is really missed. It is definitely yeah. something I miss. So. 
That's a good point, though, Christian. The last episode is titled the series finale, not the season finale, the series finale. So that almost is telling us this is the end of WandaVision, right? As we know with the MCU, nothing is really over, over, right? So they could pick it up possibly, um, but it sure looks like they don't intend to continue this show, which I think is pretty cool. You know, like so many people are talking about it and so many people have watched it. There's probably pressure to continue it. Um, but I think it's cool that it can just stand alone and it really doesn't have to be continued. Speaking of the end of the show, did you guys notice how like at the end of every episode, there'd be like eight minutes hanging on and would you guys find yourself just kind of sitting through all those credits in multiple languages, like waiting to see if something would pop up? Yes, I did. <laughs> come, come to find yeah, out. We, yeah, we come, to, yeah, come we, to find out. It just leads to the next recommended movie, right. which is Age of Ultron. Yeah, no. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Come on. Yeah, they didn't do that Every for like, the scenes. beginning episodes. Yeah. Wait, which one? I think there was only a couple that had like like an actual end credit like scene, right? Yeah, there are a few of them, but not many. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the last few, and I I'd stopped watching by by then. But at that like, point, okay, I started. Ten minutes. At that point, <laughs> I, I just started. About this. I just started forwarding through it, and if I saw some image, then I would stop it. But you know, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. So what? Wanda, Scarlet Witch. I mean, this is the first Marvel project that Wanda's actually known as the Scarlet Witch. You know, they never say her name or call her by her comic book name in the previous um, MCU films. Yeah. What do you guys think of her costume? Enjoyed it. I liked all the different like variations. Like it's funny how they worked up to it. Like they start with like the Halloween costume. I, I, I really like the Halloween costume version and I almost mm-hmm. wish that's what was the end result. <laughs> And we ended up getting it was great, yeah. I feel like we ended up getting like a, a Fox X Men version of the Scarlet Witch <laughs> costume, like dark and drab, you know? Yeah, in a way, yeah. It, it's funny because, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen. She actually did an interview, I think it was like yesterday or something like that with BuzzFeed, where she actually gave her um, insight and helped create that costume. Because she said, like, she was tired of, like, having, like, um, an outfit, like, uh, that that kind of, like, had, like, showed some cleavage. She was, she just said, like, look at, like, Black Widow or um, Captain Marvel. Like, they're totally, like, covered up and taken seriously. And that's what, that's something that she wanted to create with this new um, Scarlet Witch costume. She just wanted to, like just be tired of having like, you know, like just some cleavage being shown and um, uh, yeah. And so I thought that was cool. It, it was a cool insight. Um, for me, I thought the costume was like, kind of like what you say right near, like something I would totally see like out of an X-Men comic. I wasn't blown away, but just hearing that insight um, from that Elizabeth Olsen um, got to contribute to the creation of the outfit. I thought that was cool. I guarantee you, if conventions were available right now, Halloween Vision and Halloween Wanda would be the popular cosplays. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, for sure. They're gonna be all over the spirit store too when Halloween comes around this year. Yeah, 
It's great that it's such an easy costume too. Oh man, I love the Halloween Vision costume. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that the best? It's so great, and the colors were totally authentic to the comics. Yeah. For some reason, the movie and TV Vision is purple faced. Like I, I've I've never understood that. Like in the comics, <laughs> he has a red face. He's like a darker shade of Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what is that purple face? I, I I've never understood why they chose to do that and it, i was super stoked to see like the red face vision and he's got the bright yellow cape and everything so so cool loved it like i wish that is like the official mcu vision you know it's so awesome i hope that the new um the new what do you call it downloadable skin version of vision <laughs> like takes cues <laughs> from halloween vision there you go we get more of the yeah we get the cape I, I really did like have that's catching on. I did have a kind of out there theory about why they chose not to give Vision a red face. Um, you guys have seen the Conjuring movies, right? Yeah, just the first one. I have okay. not. I, I'm not brave enough. Okay. <laughs> well, um, this is not really a spoiler, but there is a demon in the Conjuring movies with a bright red face. You, you know who I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. right, Perfurio? Mm -hmm. yeah. And he is scary as fuck. And <laughs> I, I almost yeah. feel like that might, you know. Which Conjuring is that one? I think the it's the one. sequel. Oh, is it the first one? I can't remember. Yeah, it's the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, remember that for some reason. I've seen I, I the first one. I almost feel like it might remind people of that demon. So they, they were like, oh, we can't give them a, like a full red face. We got to pick a different color or something, you know? I don't know. I don't know if the general Disney audience demo would watch The Conjuring. <laughs> this is true. But when we're talking movies like uh, Civil War and uh, Endgame, um, you know, we're talking about a pretty general uh, audience right so I, I, you know it it, it might have come up in a, in a conversation at marvel studios that, that doesn't remind me that does remind me of why um constantine was named constantine instead of hell blazer because they didn't want people to have it confused with hell hell razor <laughs> oh see there you go oh huh right yeah here's the 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 image too the, the face that I think Henry that you're talking about, okay. right? Be oh. careful when you click on it because it's Ooh. pretty scary. <laughs> oh, that one from Insidious, yeah. Wait, no, that's not from Conjuring. That's from Insidious. Oh yeah, he wasn't Insidious, right? Yeah, insidious. I do remember that Insidious, and that scene freaked me out. Okay, I have no context to what that image brings up, but it, it I just thought of Darth Maul when I saw that. He looks a lot like Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sure he's it's very scary like in the Darth movie Maul. with more context. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you clarified, Perfero. Yeah, it's uh, Insidious. I have not seen Insidious, by the way. Is it good? It's really good, yeah. yeah? Okay. Oh, scary. I, yeah, to, I don't good. think my wife's going to jump in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about Godzilla earlier, how she <laughs> jumped in and watched that with me. <laughs> um. But then, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, after the show, you see, like, Sky the Witch kind of, like, doing her own thing, but also reading the book. Um, 
So obviously, Wanda's story is not yet finished. How, what do you guys think is going to be her future role for the, the future of the MCU? We do know she's going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Uh-huh. So um, I'm guessing that'll be the next thing as far as her maybe accepting the, you know, the mantle of Scarlet Witch. If they um, if they go in, into that direction with that like book of chaos, I'm kind of curious like if she's gonna get like a self titled like movie, and if they do like what story are they gonna tell with the Scarlet Witch? Because it's like you know like Captain America had his trilogy, and then everything else he kind of just popped in on, and that's how yeah. like every other major MCU character is. And I'm curious if WandaVision is going to be the bulk of her story and she's just going to pop up here and there that's what i kind of see that her days as a leading character may be over but uh, certainly as a supporting character her story is far from over and in terms of her her continued storyline it sure it certainly seems to be her seeking out her family because it's implied at the end of the series that uh, her kids are still out there, possibly in another universe. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems like her mission in her life will be to find her kids and maybe to find Vision also. Or maybe uh, it'll be the Scarlet Witch, the search for Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> West for um, Quicksilver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so one thing I really want to talk about right now really fast is Wanda's character in general. You know, like, we've seen her so many times in previous MCU films, but we never really actually, I think, Henry, you said this, like, we never actually really get to understand Wanda. And, you know, throughout the films, she's just suffered so much loss. She lost her family. She lost her brother. She lost her lover. And then this kind of show just kind of, like, shows, like, her breaking down you know and then so she creates like the you know this like alternative reality and it's just like her like having like a mental health breakdown like of creating this fantasy world that she envisions herself being happy you know but at the cost of others um so is wanda the villain in this show or is she the victim it's kind of both, right? Yeah, we're we're talking yeah, about kind of a, we're talking about Agatha earlier, right? Um, that was almost like a bit of a red herring, you know. Like it was Agatha all along, and then she's set up to be the main villain of the show. Uh, but then in the end, it was kind of what we all suspected from the beginning that this was all Wanda's doing, right? She was the one holding the entire town hostage. She was the one causing all this suffering, right? Um, so yes, we, we relate to her and we, we feel for her. Um, but at the same time, like she's, she's doing a lot of bad stuff here. So it's kind of cool. There's like a cool duality to the character here. Powerful, but also very dangerous, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with what you say there. Um, and I think, um, like she does, she definitely has like a little bit of both victim, and 
villain and kind of this character that we see on the show. And um, it's cool how you see like her whole backstory and how she grew up and how like you really developed and you like grow to this this character. Um, but of course, you know, when the big reveal comes around, uh, you're kind of wondering like what's going to happen. Is she going to go to jail? Is is she a villain now? Is she still part of the Avengers? And the you know it does kind of leave it open, so that could also be another angle that they they like continue on in a later project, or maybe she is you know the the full villain of the story. But um, like we you know we 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 like Wanda and like we we've like spent so much time with her. So I think, like, even when she does, like, hold this entire town hostage for a period of time and and kind of, for you know, she, like, mentally forces them to live a certain way, because we, we spend so much time and we've grown with this character, uh, we still feel for their, for their central plight. Whereas, like, you know, the other character, like, just, I can't even remember his name, but he, all I remember is he was a dick and the head of, like, you know, the director guy. Like director Whereas Hayward it, or something like that. Yeah, Hayward, I think it's yeah. Hayward. Whereas if you look at if you look at that character, like he he's definitely set up to be the villain. He doesn't really get too much development, at, but like if you just see him like just for his mission, you you would almost consider him to be the hero hero in a way, because he's the guy that's trying to stop the hex, trying to like save all these people from this like mental torture that they seem to be, you know having while under this mind control um and then but of course you know we don't like him he's kind of a dick he kind of just pulls a gun out on these kids at one point and like you see him not wanting to give wanda vision's body and it's like oh i hate that guy i want him to you know you're waiting for him to get his throughout throughout the story but maybe he is the villain and maybe to these people that you know in this in westview maybe he's the hero (laughs) In a way, because yeah. oh, that was the guy that like saved our lives from Wanda, that mm-hmm. made that like relinquished us from this torch, this mental torture. It was this guy. Yeah, thank you. So you know how the um, how it ended, how Scarlet Witch flies off, um, like in uh, like flies off camera. Did any of you guys get like the feeling of how like the first Matrix ended? I was kind of waiting for like Rage Against the Machine to play <laughs> the moment she flew off screen. <laughs> Nice. Do you get that feeling at all, or is that just me? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. I always want Rage Against the Machine to be at every end credit scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, any. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Like any like points? Any good? Bad? Anything you disliked about the series? Anything else that you liked about it? I did want to bring up the moment where we do see the colorless vision. That was definitely a cool moment. Definitely a geek out moment for me. I have read the comic storyline where the white vision is introduced. And um, yeah, I had heard some rumors about it that it might happen. Um, So when it actually did happen, I was pretty excited. And like I said, definitely geeked out. Um, And uh a little side note, um, uh, like this is from the, the comic collector's side of, of fandom here, but I do own uh, the first appearance of White Vision in the comics. And um, interestingly, uh, I didn't get it like a long time ago or anything. I, I bought it like a year ago. 
And um, after you that, you ready to retire off of that that book? <laughs> like, I'm not retiring, but dude, I'm telling you, like, okay, after that episode aired, I just was curious. I hopped on eBay, looked at um, prices, and it wasn't just what the going rate. It was like two two uh, copies of that comic in the grade that I own it went for 10 times what I paid for it just a year ago. And, and this, the, the episode just aired. Like this was like the, the Friday night that it came out. So pretty crazy. I mean, there, there's a lot of craziness in the comic collecting world right now, but um, this is a pretty good example of the craziness where like a single scene, not even a single scene, a single moment in a show can cause like this collector craziness. And it was pretty cool to see uh, happen like in real time like this, pretty wild. And of course, you know, I was happy because, uh, you know, I owned the comic, but not just that, you know, as, as a fan of the character and a, f- a fan of, of, of Marvel, it was, it was just super exciting so, kind so of I'm, I'm not super familiar with how white vision appears in the comics like how how does that happen in the comics yeah it's it's a very different storyline than this show um but that episode actually has a couple of homages to that storyline because that storyline did show a completely dismantled vision and we saw that earlier in the episode right we saw vision all taken apart and wires all over the place right at sword um we saw that in that comic series too basically if memory serves me correctly vision kind of flips out he kind of goes like 2001 and he like like just flips out and they have to like um shut him down and um they do revive him. They put him back together. Re- they reconstruct him. That's why we see him all like disembodied. Um, but when they put him back together, uh, he looks totally different. He's all white. And um, when he's put back together, he ha- he doesn't have any memory. Um, so when Wanda approaches him, he has like no idea who she is. So that that made me curious about the the uh, the end of the show i thought with the white vision i thought the white vision was vision and i thought oh is he gonna have any memory of her but they went a totally different route right this this wasn't the real vision it was just like a a, a newly created vision and uh yeah completely different than the comics what you explained sounds like that is what that's the MCU element that should have been added the way that it played out in the comics <laughs> seeing a crazy vision <laughs> just go nuts i mean i guess they kind of did that because it was like you guys are saying an an evil version of vision but yeah it was it was very different i don't know would i have liked that if they really stuck with that storyline maybe who's to know do you think they'll stick with uh this new white vision over time like whenever we see vision in you know the next marvel movie the next avengers do you think this will be just vision going forward and they'll keep the and they'll keep Paul Bettany even though even though the previous vision had died I have a feeling they're going to do what they usually do with stuff like this they're just going to leave it open so maybe it'll it'll go nowhere maybe like 7 years later they'll use it for something 
you know i know kevin feige does stuff like this he leaves stuff open on purpose um and he might use it later and he might not so yeah i think right now like there there are no plans to have the white vision continue on but if a certain show or movie calls for it he has that to use right Pretty sure. Well, it, I, I think aesthetically, we're going to have a different looking vision. I mean, if you've seen the number of times Captain America's suit has changed, how many Mark versions of the Iron Man suit have been out there? Yeah. I'm sure we might see some changes with vision. <laughs> good point. A good way to sell toys, you know? Yep. So what's yeah. it called? Toyetic? Is that the, <laughs> the term? Remember that? There you go. One thing that I thought that was really cool about the show um, in general was like I felt like it kind of did what Infinity War did it just brought a lot of people together whether you were like a Marvel fan or not you just want to jump on this bandwagon because everybody was talking about this Disney Plus show similar to like Mandalorian you know and you know a lot of people who hadn't watched Marvel before they were just kind of like I don't know what's happening but I'm here for it you know? I always go back to that. Like, I'm always curious. Like, I'm curious if anyone has never seen like any of the MCU movies, could they watch WandaVision and understand what's happening? I don't know about this one. <laughs> well, that's what happened with my roommate because she, I, intro- I like introduced it to her, and she had never really seen a Marvel movie before. But um, uh, they have like this show on Disney Plus called Marvel Legends which they only had two episodes before. It was like Scarlet Witch and Vision, where it just kind of like gives you like a 10-minute um, preview of like of the character using clips from MCU films and stuff. And so she was a little lost to like why Wanda was in grief and stuff, but um, I think like she got like the gist of it. Um, but like, I just thought it was cool, like how in general, like it really just kind of like brought a lot of people together and got a lot of people talking about the show, you know, it really brought back like that feeling of being back in the theater and like, you know, the next day after you watch a Marvel movie, like after the Thursday or Friday night show and you could talk with like friends like, Hey, did you watch that? And what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? Just kind of brought that cool like pre-COVID kind of experience you know you know in a way this show actually might work better for someone who's never seen a Marvel Studios movie because there's no expectations right because like I was saying before I was like getting all antsy like oh I want this big payoff I want a big action finale right um with with a viewer who's never seen any of that, they, they don't have any of that baggage, right? So yeah, I could see like a totally uh, uh, fresh faced person coming upon this and being like, oh, this is interesting. And just kind of going along for the ride and watching episode one, then two, then three, without being like crazy annoyed and frustrated, you know, and, and also not looking for like every little tiny reference, you know? Oh, I, I should bring this up too. Another thing that, that agonized me a bit was I found myself like just analyzing everything. It's, it's almost like I didn't really get to enjoy the show. Right. I spent the whole time like looking for little Easter eggs and, and like ch- trying to think like, Oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? 
and like yeah. oh is this that rumor come true or is it not and like oh are there mutants are they mutants or are not mutants oh wait is that the mind stone like like I just constant chatter in my brain you know so i don't know <laughs> like i mean i'm sure we'll talk about this a little later but like you know what's next for the mcu and you know immediately what's next is falcon and the, and the winter soldier and and um i feel like I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to this show a lot for a lot of reasons, but for one of them is I feel like that show seems to be like a pretty straightforward, like action adventure series with some comedy and, and maybe I'm not going to be like so tortured watching it. Right. Asking myself the whole time, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Right. Um, so Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that tortured me was people potentially spoiling the show because (laughs) people have no filter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we were talking about that a little before we started recording, but yeah, I don't know if people forgot to not spoil people and stuff since COVID started, but there's something about Disney Plus shows that everyone just wants to freely spoil. Yeah. I don't know what it is. People have no chill. Yeah, I can't contain. I don't know if I I don't know if I concern myself too much with looking at, at all the details, honestly. Like I don't Yeah, I I I I don't I think I took the complete opposite approach, Henry. <laughs> That's good. I, I wish I could do that because yeah. I just found myself just kind of picking everything apart too much, I think. I think part of it is too that because it's on Disney Plus and it's not in a theater, I could watch it over and over and over again, right? I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the reason why I was so relaxed. And if it was on the theater, then yeah, I'd be trying to hang on to every little image they showed on screen. But oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it like it was a mini series that came out week to week. Like you, you could pause, you, just, you could pause it. Right, you just binge the show if it just came out in like the Netflix model. There might have been a few things you you know you might have missed. There's definitely stuff I would have missed if I if I watched everything at once. And like all the little nods. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree with you, Henry. Like, I feel like, you know, like the first time we sat down and watched it, I was definitely like in my head, like, was that an Easter egg? No, that was just like the egg frying or something. It doesn't mean anything. Literally an egg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd always have to watch it a second time around just so I could actually like just sit down and enjoy it without having to like rethink like, was what does that mean? What's the symbolism behind that and everything? You know. Yeah. Did, did you show, catch? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, with a show like this, there are so many potential references. Like, is this a reference to I Love Lucy? Is this a reference to the Brady Bunch? Is this a reference to the MCU movies? Is this a reference to the comic books? Like, there are so many like connecting points that I think, yeah, if if you go down that rabbit hole, it can be kind of uh, torturous a bit. Could be dangerous. Could be. <laughs> Sorry, Rainier, you were going to say something? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, but the way you guys are talking about all the different references, I guess, uh, that makes me think. I've no, um, I actually didn't really think of this question until now, so I have a question for you guys about yeah. about kind of, would you say that there's too many red herrings in WandaVision? Hmm. Would you say that there's too many plot elements that you think are going to go somewhere or like maybe just little 
bits and pieces here and there that uh, just may not have gone to where you were thinking? Like, like having a theory and not having, not letting it plan out or kind of, um, I guess like kind of, I guess more what Henry was saying. Do, do you think there's like a little bit of like an overload here because it's a mystery show that you're watching week to week. So you're always wondering where's this going to go? And so do you guys think like each little nugget that could be a plot element, um, do you, do you think there were just like kind of like one too many of those? I don't think there was too many, but then again, I wasn't like purposefully looking for them either. Like I, I, I take the side of like, let's let the story unfold. Let's let it tell itself. Let's let it breathe. And then we'll come back to it and see, was that really there? Mm-hmm. Because who knows? Maybe, I mean, like, you know, the, the unfolding piece, for example, is the reason why we got all these different sitcoms from different generations because of her watching those shows with her family, right? Yeah. Like that told itself. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought maybe there were a bit too many twists and turns, but I think, you know, it, it was an intentional decision by the showrunners, you know, I, I think they felt like, oh, we can finally tell an MCU story in a long form format. So why not do the stuff that you can't do in a movie? You can't have like five twists and turns in, in a single movie, but you can do it in a nine episode season, right? Uh, so they were just kind of using that uh, ability there, right? Um, and look, I think the results overall were successful you know i don't i don't know about me personally but a lot of people really like this show right i think a lot of viewers really dug all the twists and turns you know and 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 got a kick out of it Hmm. there are a ton of twists and turns like i didn't feel like there was like i wouldn't say it didn't feel like there was a ton like yeah there was a lot of questions but like i don't feel like they were I don't think there were a lot of red herrings like like um, like you were bringing up earlier. Like it can be hard to like see like what is and what isn't. I guess if if you're watching like week to week, especially at the beginning, because it's such a departure, and because they they've changed how like the format so much that it could be easy to pick up on like uh, you know a red herring because the way we talked about Agatha Harkness was really a red herring at the end. We said before, Quicksilver, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't really Quicksilver. Those are, I guess, the two biggest ones. Mm, I guess maybe to what degree? If you were to ask me, like, is it like Lost? Definitely not, not like Lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, and like, there's so Wait, many. Do you guys remember that show? <laughs> yeah. I never saw Lost. So. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, the ending got <laughs> just occurred to me. So if you guys know, uh, like, Lost was a show where it was like 90% questions, 10% answers. <laughs> that's the meme I've heard. And so that's that's kind of how I know Lost is just memes. <laughs> that's, that's how I've absorbed this show. Um, what was I uh, saying with WandaVision? So like, it's almost like there's so many little fan service moments in a way. Like, you know, with like the commercials and like, um, Sora did lead to something, you know, they, they teased Sword a lot at the beginning and they teased a lot of these like kind of um i want to say like a few other things 
that may have could have developed. And I think also just the amount of fan theories as well, kind of feeding that fire. Yeah. Ooh, fan yeah. theories. You know, Lost had a lot of fan theories. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That was like the birth of of the fan theory. Yeah, <laughs> where like that yeah. websites dedicated to it at that yeah. time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. I don't think what we're talking about are full-on traditional twists and turns. I think it's kind of what you're saying, Christian. It's like little little things that could turn into something, but either didn't or did, and then they backed off of it, you know? Um, yeah, the, the show is chock full of this kind of stuff, right? Like, um, like those commercials, for example. In the end, the, the commercials didn't really amount to much besides being like kind of fragments of Wanda's memory. But I remember when those commercials came on, everyone was talking about it. It's like, oh, did you see that toaster had a little red dot? Like, and there were all these theories on the red dot and like it just everything, you know? Wait, so, what were the theories on the red dot? <laughs> I don't even remember. I, I think it was something about how um it was the whole show was in black and white but then you saw this red dot it was like a flashing red dot so it's like oh that's got to mean something um so i, I forgot the exact theory but there, I, remember, yeah. I, re- I read a theory that like the red dot was like it symbolized like um the reality stone because wanda oh, right. yeah. Oh. yeah wanda oh. is um messing with reality there you go there you go yeah um, so yeah, yeah it, it, it depends. Like if you if you go down these rabbit holes, yeah, it, it, you you do get those twists and turns, right? And mm. it, it can be a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, anyone anyone have like any final thoughts or anything? I'm looking forward to um, Winter Soldier and Falcon. That's next week. Next, Next week, week yeah. yeah, and we're getting yeah. the Snyder Cut. The MCU train. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, def- tomorrow- I, can, I can do a Snyder Cut Thursday and Falcon and Winter Soldier on Friday. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> well, uh, tomorrow they're going to actually release like a uh, documentary, I guess, to WandaVision, oh, yeah. Yeah, like that's right. to like the writing and all that kind of stuff. If it's anything like the. The, the, the stuff they did for the Mandalorian, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that that was good. That was really good. Yeah, they went really in depth on uh-huh. that show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, real quick thought on just kind of the MCU in general. I'm excited, man. Um, overall, I didn't love WandaVision, but I did love the fact that it was so different and it makes me excited for the limitless potential here. You know, like, they aren't afraid to go into weird new territory. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it gives me like a pretty exciting feeling. You know, it's like, I, I don't really know what's coming, you know, with, with the new shows, with the new movies, like the potential is, is really limitless here. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, stoked. It, I'm stoked. It, it's like what you say, Henry, I think it's really cool that now MCU is really playing with streaming service now now incorporating like disney plus shows with the rest of the mcu universe you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think at this almost... point okay. i think at this point mcu could put out anything and everyone's gonna love it yeah that's oh, just that's just how it is i i think this show has proved proven it 
Like they, they the, the first episode of the season was like a 30 minute episode of I Love Lucy and people watched it and loved it. So yeah, I think you're 100% right right here. People will watch it and love it. Period. I'm I'm really curious to see them put something out that's terrible. <laughs> I I really am. Um but I still I still think even if they do put something out that's going to be terrible, everyone's going to love it because it's MCU. <laughs> It's kind of like the rock, like the the MCU is like the rock and like the DCU is like, who's another wrestler? Um, John Cena. It's John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> like anything the rock touches is golden. Right. He's going to try a little harder to like John Cena. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, it feels like we're living through like, it's like the sixties and the MCU is like the Beatles or like each thing they put out is like this, like, you know, it's just big and epic and draws this massive crowd. And it kind of doesn't want to matter what they do. Like the Beatles, of course, released an entire song, which is number nine, number nine, number for like nine minutes, Revolution Nine. And that song was like a chart topping hit. So it's almost like MCU could just do that. Like they could just put out the strangest thing they can, go in a really weird direction. It'll be a hit. And it's cool to see them kind of like discover that with like such a level of confidence you know that they've taken all these like guardians of the galaxy characters like i personally never heard of before and turn it into this massive movie hit yeah i mean we've had some conversations before about the mcu not being perfect i mean i've definitely voiced my displeasure for thor the dark world um, but that's a kind of funny example because they even kind of had fun with that movie, you know, with uh, Endgame, right? There are references to Thor the Dark World, kind of wink, wink, haha, you know? Um, but yeah, even in their failures, they can kind of look back and laugh and, and, and you know, embrace it still. Mm-hmm. And Perfurio, I think you you had kind of made a mention as we were laughing about Inhumans, right? Inhumans is technically an MCU project, right? And I think... That's right, yeah. Right, it's... I mean, look, I, I guess the proper MCU are all the movies and, and these Disney Plus shows, and and there are sort of, I don't know, MCU-adjacent properties, Um like uh, the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, and Inhumans, right? So I, I don't know if you could officially say it was an MCU show, um, but uh, I guess we can say it's a total piece of shit. So I've actually uh, never seen any of them. I've seen a little bit of Agent Carter. I saw pro- I saw the first season of Agents of Shield, but I've never seen anything that was televised on like um, on on primetime TV. Oh yeah, Agent Carter and Agents of Shield. Those are definitely like MCU adjacent. But it's also, like you can, right? but like you can, you don't have to watch those shows to understand the greater yeah, proper MCU, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'd say proper MCU are the movies and and these Disney Plus shows. I think those are like essential MCU viewing. That's right? true. Right, right, right. Which fun fact, Rainier, like the book. It's actually first introduced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It has a major, it's like involved in a major storyline in season four. 
But then there's like this whole talk whether or not like Agents of Shield is actually canon or not. Oh, there's questions if like it's part of the universe. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, uh, I mean, do you want me to spoil it for you, or are you gonna watch it? Uh, you can spoil this one for me. It's fine. Because in that show, the last person to hold the book was actually Ghost Rider. So everybody was like, everyone who knows the sh- the book from Agent of Shield is like, how did Agatha get the book from Ghost Rider? You know. Mm. Well, that that could have simply been something you didn't see. Like she got it so- somehow, like off camera or something, right? Yeah. It doesn't automatically mean it's like a different universe or something, right? There could be a logical explanation, right? I feel like with the shows, it's very easy for if people find flaws in it, they can just say, "Eh, that's not really part of like the MCU." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. You forget the bad stuff. Yeah. Leave Whereas it's interesting with Star Wars, like I, I, okay, I haven't seen all of the Clone Wars animated series, but I, I hear a lot of people praise that, mm-hmm. while the movies aren't quite meeting people's expectations. So yeah. it's kind of the opposite where people are praising the show, like, "Oh, you're not a true Star Wars fan unless you watch this," <laughs> <laughs> and they're now easily dismissing like the main like Star Wars movies. <laughs> that is interesting with marvel like a, a lot of pretty hardcore marvel fans haven't seen it all like you know i think with this group we haven't seen every single little thing right um but no one is is saying like oh you're not a true marvel fan if you haven't seen like every damn episode of everything right uh so that's kind of interesting I, that's i think that's that's star wars fans i think <laughs> You know what I do love, though? Yeah, I do love nuts. the reaction I get from people when I tell them I like Batman versus Superman and I like Justice League. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? What's wrong with I, you? And then I ask them, I'm like, hey, do you, do you love comic books? <laughs> or are you just into the movies? Because I'm kind of into all of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we could um, wrap up this talk. If anyone has any final saying or anything I, I did have one other thought um we were talking about like the big geek out moments of the show and the uh pietro reveal was definitely awesome um but i think we are we were starting to have this conversation but didn't really continue it but um what ended up happening was it wasn't really pietro at all right yeah uh, randy th- boner <laughs> that's right and you know like I felt like the way they played out that storyline kind of took away from the moment a little bit because like the big reveal, the big reveal. Yeah. Like, like Uh when it happened, it was awesome. I loved it. Like a lot of people loved that moment. No question. But you know, subsequently we find out it's not really Pietro, you know, it was Agatha, like, Pulling a fast one on Wanda to Agatha all along. Yeah, so you feel like it like watered it down a bit. A little bit, and here's why: Um, if Agatha really wanted to get Wanda to think that her brother was alive again, why the hell would she get some dude who looks nothing like her brother? right? Who looks nothing like Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? From her perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
So from a fan service perspective, it's super cool. We recognize this guy as Evan Peters, the Fox Quicksilver. It's like, oh my God, like that's so awesome. But just from the show perspective, it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Like a logical explanation. There's no logical explanation why Mm -hmm. he looks that way. Like she could have, I feel like she could have either gotten someone who looked a lot more like Aaron Taylor Johnson or like done some magic to make him look like her real brother right like so it just it, logically it doesn't make sense that he he looks like that right i wonder if it really just boiled down to a scheduling issue and they're like <laughs> oh the other guy's available <laughs> <laughs> look i'm not i'm not complaining like I, i'm glad that moment happened and you know if they had this sort of you know non-satisfactory explanation for it i'm still like i'm glad it happened but like we see so many fan service moments now, right? And and I think the most effective ones are are the ones that like are that that make sense, you know, that that's that are are true to the storytelling, right? And this one just feels a little bit like oh, it was a fan service f- moment for the sake of being a, a fan service moment, you know. So yeah, it took away from it a little bit the way it played out. Maybe he was also telling the audience that we're not going to see that version of Quicksilver again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it was a one and done thing. We're not bringing in any of the old X-Men characters except maybe Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bit of disappointment there too, right? Because after that moment happened, everyone was like, oh my God, they just opened the door to the entire Fox X-Men universe. But actually, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Just kidding. Yeah. You got punked. Yeah. Curious if it's like a licensing thing. Like, I wonder if that's what it kind of that and like a scheduling thing. In terms of what, but I I think I think I think the story it's also telling us is that like, you know, just the idea of 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 Wanda being able to like bend reality to the point where she's bringing in characters from other universes. I guess, like, it's opening that whole world, right? Look, if they had explained it as this was like Wanda's fever dream, some sort of some sort of illusion in her mind, that actually might make more sense to me. But this was specifically Agatha trying to trick her, right? So it really doesn't make sense that she would pick this guy. Like he just really doesn't look anything like her original brother, right? So just, unless I, unless yeah. Agatha exists in the X Men world of Fox, and that's <laughs> who she knows as being Pietro. <laughs> that's funny. Mm. And you know, this brings up another thing that crossed my mind, and that's there are a lot of these like quote unquote get out of jail free cards that the MCU is throwing at us now. So we got time travel with Endgame. We got like full on magic now between Doctor Strange and WandaVision. We got like the multiverse popping up. Um, you know, what next? Clones? I mean, like there there are so many like easy way outs in, in the in the the screenwriting now. It's getting a little dangerous, I feel. Like th- there are so many of these like easy cop outs now. So um, you know, we got like cosmic marvel, like coming out soon or like continuing soon um it's just, just a lot of out there stuff that can be like explained by like oh yeah just time travel or oh yeah magic that's it you do, do you think that this is this is the, the this 
is the territory where Marvel could actually actually slip and make a bad movie. <laughs> That's exactly my thought. Like, uh, if we if they lean too much on on these like crazy tropes, then yeah, we we could it could make for like some some bad stuff <laughs> potentially. Potentially, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if I can see that happening soon because I think just I think MCU movies are just so ingrained into like pop culture, it's going to be almost impossible for them to make people hate the MCU at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's honestly, I kind of low key do feel like that might happen with Spider-Man three. Just cause you have like, oh, yeah. what's the title of the different? new movie? It's like no way home, no way home, no way yeah. home or something. I mean, like, you have all these rumors coming out of, like, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire coming in, all these villains from the past Spider-Man um, films coming in. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff happening for one movie, you know, especially, like, if they're planning on opening up the multiverse, you know, it just kind of seems like, like, the endless, the, there's a lot of, like, endless possibilities, but also a lot of, like, fan service that we're we've been saying you know mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like the spider-man movie is going to be like a live action translation of what they did with um with spider-verse i, I kind of get that, that vibe yeah i feel that vibe a little bit like spider-verse was so successful they're thinking oh let's just go bonkers like they did but yeah it could be could be a questionable move which will be an interesting parallel with DC because I've been seeing more and more stuff about how Flashpoint is basically going to reset the DCU. Like they're going to do a new 52 movie version of resetting what they want to keep and what they want to renew. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me too. That, that might be kind of cool if that actually shakes out. So we're going to see a lot of alternate reality and <laughs> different dimension comic book films coming out. <laughs> yeah. Which it's funny because I think it was just announced today um, that uh, Snyder's cut is actually going to be canon to the DC universe, and that's going to be like, like this storyline is going to be the one connected to Flashpoint, or uh, oh. yeah, the the Flash movie, and like the like Batman v Superman, Man of Steel as well. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. See that, like theatrical, just. I guess they're just trying to get. They're going to try to forget that. Push the Snyder cut. That's this is the real Justice League. Yeah. I am. I you know I don't know if you guys follow The Rock on social media, but he's been like he's been getting like even more jacked for the Black Adam movie. I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. <laughs> How's that Rock even possible? To get more jacked. <laughs> I don't, he has like muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. <laughs> and if there's anyone that can do it, it's The Rock. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Well, um, good talk, everybody. Like, so what we've done, you know, for every film or TV show, let's do a little quick review um, or grade. So on a scale from one to five, one being like very, very bad. To five being like really really good. How do you guys rate the show One Division? I want to hear from you, Perfurio. What would you? Oh five, give without it? a doubt. Ah. Oh five, perfect. Five, score. like I could like, like if I had like a list of all like the 
MCU films, like all the 22 MCU films, and like now going to include the Disney Plus, I could easily put WandaVision in like my top five. Wow, high praise. Really although, high praise. Although that is, it's a little bit like apples to oranges, right? Show versus movie, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, obviously that shows you really loved it. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's so weird because yeah, it was like my number one movie or my number one project that I was looking forward to this year, and it just like totally hit the mark. You know, I don't know if it's just been like because it's been forever since we've had a Marvel movie, but it just hit the mark. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier has a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think just because I've like had so much like. Um, like, I put so much into WandaVision, I'm just like, I have kind of low standards for mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hey, Portfolio, yeah. so if they were to recut and condense all nine episodes of WandaVision into, say, a two-hour movie, I, would, I would that hold up to, say, Iron Man, Captain America? I don't think so. I think that how they did it with the nine-episode thing was the better way to tell the story than... Wanda or Vision have their having their own movie because with like this nine episode thing, there was a lot of breathing room to like understand the characters, understand the storyline, and everything. And if they were trying to do that like in a two hour film, I feel like they wouldn't make enough time to understand and um, get to know the characters, even though they've already been introduced in past MCU films. I just don't see it having the same effect as the Disney Plus show did. And then maybe the flip side to that question to the rest of you guys, if they were to have taken one MCU movie, say Captain America or Iron Man, and instead of having it as a two and a half hour movie, turn it into a nine episode series, which Marvel character would you have want to have seen as a nine episode series? That's a good question. Great question. I have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, though, I, I do agree with Perfirio. I don't think this show would have worked at all as a movie. <laughs> it wouldn't have made any sense. And, like, I don't know. I don't care how you would cut it together. Like, encapsulating this nine-episode show into two hours, it just it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would work at all. Great question about which movie would you want to mm-hmm. expand out into, though. Yeah. I, I, War, think... I think would be a good one. Which one? Civil War. Yeah, I was going to say Civil War. I was going to mm-hmm. say Civil War. Because like, I just didn't see it as a Captain America movie, but having it had planned out, like Captain America being like the central character along this like storyline would have planned out a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of Civil War also. And just in general, m- movies based on like Marvel event series, like Age of Ultron, like um, the Age of Ultron series and the Civil War series were great in comic books. And like, sure enough, they're, each of them were like, I think um, 10-ish, 10-ish comics. Like I think Civil War was seven and Age of Ultron was 10, I think. But look, I mean, episodically, you do a seven or 10 episode season for each of those stories. Oh, yeah, really could be great. Yeah. Oh, but oh, go ahead, Christian. 
I was just saying, that's a good idea for, like, almost like an episode. Like, I feel like there's a bunch of movies that you could, like, if you take and you, you kind of break apart, or even just, like, two movies. Like, I was thinking, oh, Guardians 1 and 2 with, like, some little bit in the middle to, like, fill out some of the other characters a little more, you know? I think it would make, yeah. like, a really great season. Ooh, yeah, future episode idea, for sure. That could be a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what they did with Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, um, when I first heard they were gonna make a Watchmen TV show, I thought they might just redo the whole original graphic novel and have each episode be an issue from that series. Um, you know, that might be a good thing to consider for the future. Uh, yeah, it was totally different, as it turned out. Pretty cool, but definitely a lot different. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, getting back to uh, WandaVision. Um, so let's like as far as rating it, it um, I'm having a hard time of giving it one singular rating because like like thinking about like almost like the individual episodes. Like I do agree with Henry. It starts a little too slow. The first three episodes, like that one's so great. But I feel like episodes four to eight is when the show is like really firing on firing on all cylinders. Um, and that's where you get like you know you, that's when you see like the big moments like Pietro coming back in, um, or like Wanda seeing you know Vision in, in like the Sword Laboratory. All like there's so many like great moments in each of those episodes. That's when like you get the extra credit scenes and like like a lot of hype going into the show and you get answers. But you know I also think yeah there was I was a little bit underwhelmed at certain points in the final episode even though there was a lot that I also liked. I guess I'm conflicted a little bit on that final one. But I think overall when I think of it as as a as a whole and I think of how much just fun I had, you know, just watching it, even if some of it was a little bit I guess sensory overload in a sense. Um hmm. I guess I'll I'll give it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat as you Christian. Like it's kind of hard to rate this cuz one it's really new. Um not new in the sense of like a long form, like comic storyline, but new for the Marvel universe to be in there. Um, and I'm not counting like agents of shield and Inhumans and all those guys. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think where I give it the most praise is that like, I like how the characters were able to breathe and develop over time. And they, I feel like Marvel took a risk with telling this story. And I know you, there's a lot of criticism about how like it started off really slow, but I like how it like it opened up. And I also like that it, it didn't have to, I mean, I know Henry, you mentioned that you didn't like how there was, there wasn't a big like big action sequence or something. There wasn't like a big payoff at the end. I feel like that the show was good enough where it didn't need to rely on that. And you got to, you got to dive into the psyche of Scarlet Witch and we got to see more of Vision realizing the world he was living in and who he was. Um, and yeah, I think those are all risks that really paid off for this show. And for that, I already give it a number. I'd give it a, I'd give it a, I'd give it a five. I thought it was really good. Wow. High praise. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I'm going to go with a three. Um, I think, there's a lot to like about this show. 
you know, I don't think we talked too much about the performances. Man, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are so good in this show. Really great acting performances. And yeah, like I mentioned, you really get the character development from Wanda and Vision that you didn't get from the movies, right? So yeah, it really boils down to that. And that's really why I ultimately do recommend it. But yeah, it's a marginal recommendation just because I was thinking a bit of how much fun did I have with this show? And to be honest, I didn't find the show to be a whole lot of fun, you know? Um, part of it maybe is me. I was like kind of self-inflicted torture a bit by going down these rabbit holes. Um, but um, but look, there were some moments where I felt like it just could have been a lot more fun. Like um, we talked about the, the homaged TV shows a bit. Um, none of the shows that were homaged I really watched too much except for the Brady Bunch. Like I watched a whole lot of Brady Bunch uh, growing up. I watched uh, like... Uh, the weekday afternoon reruns and I just ate them up. I, I really got into that show and there was like a full on Brady Bunch episode in WandaVision. So you would think at least that episode I would like really get a kick out of, but I was still just kind of annoyed, you know, like, like I was saying before episodes one, two, and three, I was just like, let's move on, man. Let's just get on to the real stuff. Where's the superheroes, you know? Um, so overall, um, didn't have a lot of fun with it. I also thought about like, would I want to watch this series again? And I think the answer is no, you know, like I watched it and enjoyed it, but I'm like, I think I can just like not watch this again. Uh, I'm I'm kind of good with that. Um, so hence the three. That's interesting. Actually, there's a lot of good movies and shows that even though I liked them, I don't know if I'd go back and watch them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Only well, because like yeah. I would want to see new stuff I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Well, nowadays there's so much content, right? A lot um, of content nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Like rewatching stuff just isn't really as I mean, much. Time is precious, right? Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you're weighing between watching something you saw before, between watching something new, like usually you're gonna go for something new. Um, so when I say I wouldn't watch it again, yeah, like these days that's not like the hugest you know um you know uh negative um yeah um you know that there's stuff that absolutely i, I still rewatch. um but yeah i wouldn't put this one in that particular camp if if uh if um uh, falcon and winter soldier comes out with the same tone <laughs> like WandaVision was where it's going to start off with like I don't know about this show in the first few episodes and then it starts to open up like in episode four <laughs> would you still give it the same would you give it a similar rating because of that I'll, I'll tell you right now I'd be hella pissed if that happened <laughs> <laughs> well number one number one it's a six episode season so it's short so they, they better they better come out guns blazing because I'm not <laughs> waiting three episodes for this thing to pick up, you know. Um, number two, uh, the, the expectation is is like we're going to get pretty straightforward action adventure here. So, yeah, like that first episode, if it doesn't contain an action scene, I'm already going to be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like oh, right man. away. I'm yeah. curious to see how this is going to play out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's possible uh, I may get disappointed there because, like we've been saying, 
this is a new format this is a brave new world right um but i have this expectation already like falcon swooping through the skies winter soldier guns blazing you know like that that's that's in my brain right now i'm sure a lot of fans have that expectation so i sure hope that uh, uh it will live up to that I think a lot of the reason why I'm gravitating to liking WandaVision is because going back to the Marvel formula, like I feel like this deviated away from the Marvel formula. It was so different. I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, yeah same here. Like, I mean, one, like you already know, Henry, I was already just obsessed with WandaVision from the get-go. But two, it was just really fresh. Like, I really liked the formula. It was just different. It wasn't simple. Like, here's what's happening. Here, eat it up. You know, it's kind of like, here is a puzzle that figure it out to get the main course, you know, and it was just like a brain teaser the whole time, you know, versus yeah. like, just like straight up action. Yeah. But, you know, every now and then, like, why not just cheat yourself and, or cheat yourself and get a whole bunch of action, which I feel like is what we're going to get from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. Like for me, yeah, maybe I didn't, love the show itself that much but i really love what it kind of represents you know it represents that you know this platform has really limitless possibilities right um so yeah i think that's cool and and you know for what for what it is you know i i i i totally dig the approach you know like i agree it 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 shouldn't have to follow this formula. It shouldn't have to have some action payoff, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally dig what it represents. All right. So we've been going on and on for a bit here. I think we can wrap it up. This is farewell from Christian, Rainier, Porfirio, and Henry. <laughs>